Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am from here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Vindicate me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. Deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man, we sing. We cry out to God for judgment. We plead to him that he deliver us from the deceitful and unjust one. We demand that God bring his heavy accusation against this ungodly nation. We desperately want him to make all things right again. God's redemption, rescue, justice, and defense of us comes by his speaking and his speaking the truth. So, we hope that God brings his swift words of judgment against our enemies, all those who accuse us and those who make our lives miserable. We pray to God to be the judge against all those who hate us and seek our life. But won't that alienate them from God? Won't that make them mad, even murderous? Won't they spew a litany of defenses that would, well, make the most triggered millennial or Gen Z blush? Won't they be driven away from the church, the word preached and taught and the sacraments given to increase faith and life? You can hear the Pharisees almost say, you're being so judgmental. You want to force your beliefs on us. You won't leave us alone. You dare accuse us of wrong. But you are a misogynist, bigot, patriarchal hater. You have no authority to judge us. So this oppressed class screams at the oppressor, Jesus, accusing and excusing. How dare you? Shut up and go away. So, uh, words can be perceived as aggression and violence, as is seen today. And God's word, his truth especially. When Jesus speaks words of judgment against those who are opposed to both nature and his revealed word, the walls of self-defense go up. When the scriptures expose rebellion against the created orders and estates, those who have done damage will go on the offense. The old Adam, the sinner, has to fight back. He cannot bear to hear what he fears, loves, and trusts are idolatrous pagan nonsense. And so he goes after God, seeking to undermine his word and the institutions that his son Jesus has given to preserve faith and life among us. The prince of the world, the father of lies, has had his way with us, convincing parents, educators, politicians, philosophers, media, even Christians, that there is no absolute truth. Everything is just a power game. The only rights that matter are the rights, well, that you want to defend. Even our formal judiciary has lost its way and foundations in the jurisprudence of the ancient Hammurabi 
or the more recent Magna Carta, or even the Ten Words of Moses. This has made it easy for the courts to weaponize justice to get what you or their promoters want. Our judges do not judge according to the truth. They're often partisan, ideologues, and immoral themselves. At least that's what I've been hearing on all the commercials and the flyers in the mail for the Wisconsin Supreme Court candidates. That's what they say about each other. But of course, they individually are impartial and moral and defer to the rule of the law as it's been given. That's how they see themselves. But the courts are just a symptom of the broader cultural scourges of relativism, utilitarianism, and nihilism. You can look those up. And how these pervade all our conversations now. Because at root we have denied nature and nature's God as he has revealed himself in his word. Of course, then, Pharisees and all those who are brought under accusation fight back. In this context that we live in now, revealing sin to unbelievers is treacherous and difficult for each of us as Christians or for the church or for her pastors. The accusation of hypocrisy is ready at hand and often is true. You cannot point out the sin of others without your own sin being exposed. Perhaps your version of sin is not quite as gross or damaging to society or puts others at risk. Or maybe it's even worse and you just haven't admitted it. We invent categories of lesser and greater sins like white lies and damned lies. We find a way, just like the Pharisees, to excuse our sins but demand repentance from others. Absent from confession and absolution in divine service, you'll find yourself easy prey for any word of right judgment to be contradicted, and rightly so. Praying for justice and asking God to fight for you, to vindicate you, can only be done in faith, outside of faith that justifies through Christ's shed blood, there can be no righteous prayer for vindication or vengeance. Before any cry for justice must come the confession of our own sin and the forgiveness of that sin by the holy declaration of Jesus himself. Only then, living as forgiven, baptized children of God, our cries are inspired by Jesus' spirit given to us in faith. And we pray then according to faith. The Spirit cries out in us, Vindicate me, O God. Plead my cause against an ungodly nation. Abba, Father, save me. So here the psalmist, again, this is Psalm 35. Plead my cause, O Lord, with those who strive with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Let them be like chaff before the wind, and let the angel of the Lord chase them. Let their way be dark and slippery, and let the angel of the Lord pursue them. Let destruction come upon him unexpectedly, and let his net that he has hidden catch himself. And to that very destruction, let him fall. Now that sounds great. <laughs> Down with our enemies and those who seek to hurt and harm us. But realize who you're praying against. You're praying, perhaps, about your parents, or your siblings, or your own children, maybe your neighbors, or others whom you love. 
And even worse yet, you're praying against yourself, as the nearest enemy of Jesus is your own sinful heart. But that shouldn't stop us from pleading with God to vindicate us. Only he knows how best to help in time of need. It's not on you or me to fix this world any more than you can fix your church or home or even your own sinful heart. The only way for there to be vindication for your cause is for God and Christ to do it, for Jesus to do it alone. Apart from Jesus vindicating you, you cannot possibly speak truthfully or righteously. Apart from the saving faith and the gift of the Spirit, there is no truth in you. Only Jesus, working by his word and spirit, can bring about what you're asking for. That your enemy repent, believe the gospel, and live. That's what you really want. But that is almost always lost in this declaration of judgment against sin. You and the church are against so many things. And failing to say that we are for the forgiveness of sins. Apart from the forgiveness of sins in Christ Jesus, through his shed blood on Calvary, all your enemies hear what we say is only ugly accusation. That makes us no different from the Pharisees or even the disciple Peter, whom Jesus called either children of Satan or Satan himself, both of whom denied the absolute need for Christ to suffer, die, and rise on the third day to justify the sinner. You want people to change and proclaim You want people to change, and the only way to do that is by proclaiming the life-altering good news of Jesus' cross. There's nothing God's word judges sinful that God does not also declare forgiven for Jesus' sake. So what is often missing when we speak against is what we speak for. We speak for the forgiveness of sins. The gospel word that repents and forgives must be proclaimed to dominate over the judgment of God's law against sin. And without this word of absolution, there can be no repentance. No one is changed by the proclamation of the law. So you see, even Jesus forgave his accusers, Jew and Gentile alike, as he hung on the cross. He forgave Peter and his disciples after he rose from the dead, despite the fact that they had betrayed him and forsaken him and left him for dead. And he forgives you for abandoning his law and faith. And then, by this forgiveness, restores you through his gospel and spirit to faith and life again. So yes, you will hear those same tired accusations. How dare you? Shut up. Go away if you proclaim God's judgment against sin. You're so judgmental, they say. You want to force your beliefs on me. You dare to accuse me of wrong when you are a wrongdoer yourself, a misogynist, bigot, patriarchal hater. (laughs) You have no authority to judge me. Which is true. We don't. God's word does. And they're right in that we often forget to soon declare them forgiven freely for Christ's sake. That's the goal of all judgment. Repentance leading to life and salvation. So may you and all those who hear God's word of judgment hear this. The blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God.
May God grant it in the name of Jesus. Amen. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.